The In Between Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 4. Let's go, baby. Yeah. There was a time I had trouble talking about it Congratulate them, we know they doubted Somehow we made it up out the pit Back against the wall, never quit Traversing through each obstacle Show a non-believer what's possible Let nothing they could do stand In between me and my wildest dreams Let's go And that come at us to come in between Life gave me the worst Yet my side grew so green We've been down in the dirt Been tossed in the trash But I never strayed from my path When we're gone we ain't looking back Maybe we were all way too hot Maybe that's our fault It's gonna be a crazy time But it's gonna be a fun time Life is boring if you don't take some chances And do some things outside the box Your destination for both some feel good lifestyle advice And some fancy football advice All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, everybody. It is Wednesday, April 6th. This is the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. So much has happened in the world since our last show, guys. The slap heard around the world. Devontae Parker is now a Patriot. And our old friend, MVS, he is now a Kansas City Chief. Seth's favorite. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Seth, Nate, and Jen back here with you guys. We have a special guest on tonight, Eric Romoff, founder of Pros and, and Joes. Um, Eric, what is up tonight, man? How are you doing? Uh, been a kind of a dull time in, in the fancy football landscape the last two weeks, that is, compared to the previous month. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm doing good. Thanks for, for having me in. Uh, certainly compared to the hectic pace of free agency a few weeks ago, definitely feels like it's slowed down a bit, but uh now now we can really spend some time double clicking on the research and and gearing up for the draft here in a few weeks that's right around the corner i'm excited for the draft we've been talking about so many of these guys we're going to talk about some of them later but like where are they going to go is somebody going to trade up for malik willis like what's going to happen yeah, there's so much going on. We already have some trades happening around the draft. We're going to talk about that later on. Jen, how are you doing tonight, man? You hold it down. I know you guys have had a sick kid on and off the last couple of weeks, so I know the pole boats have kind of been, you know, running all over the place dealing with that. Yeah, I mean, we're good. We're we're just straight ahead and um, trying to survive every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally all you can do when you're a parent. Yeah, just one. You're just trying to get by. One hundred percent, guys. Tonight on the show, we have we are going to have our off-season session interview with Eric. Learn more about him and his charity initiative over there. We're also going to play a game of Would You Rather. We're going to bring that back, and we're going to head to the, sh- the shore for some sure things sleepers of the week draft edition. Um, guys, before we get into it, um, just want to thank everyone out there, the audience. They've been great th- this year. We appreciate everyone dropping in the YouTube chat. Um, again, biggest way to support us, if you're listening to the audio version, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. If you're on here on the YT YouTube, hit that subscribe bell. Um, you're going to know when we go live, when we have new videos dropping every week for you. Appreciate all the support, guys. Um, we got more off-season content coming for you. Um, dropped a new column today. Super pumped about that. Um, guys, let's go ahead and though, jump into our off-season session.
right. And here we go on the off-season session. We've got Brad Bull out here today, preach, just trying to su- survive them. Kids are a handful. Brad knows, man. We got Geek Mill in the chat as well. What's up, Jeff? And we got our old guy, Scott Rainier, here as well. Um, and, and Nick Gardner, IBT Family Faithful. Appreciate you guys hopping in the chat every single week. Um, Eric, I like to do my research before we bring any guest on here. And I will say, you are a hard man to find. I scoured the internet. I scoured MySpace. I scoured Webster. You know, you name it. I was on some old platforms trying to find you, man. There wasn't a lot to find. You're a private person. Yeah, there's a there's definitely some like MySpace breadcrumbs still hanging around out there. I don't know if I could find them, but uh, if uh, if we did unearth it, it would probably be a pretty good piece of content. <laughs> oh, man, that's what we do here at In Between Media. Big J journalism, baby. Um, but Eric, I want to want to shift things to you, man. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, first of all, where can we find your work and how old are you? Where are you from? Kind of just the basics here, man. Yeah. Um, the easiest way to find my work, I always mess this part up. You can follow me on Twitter. Yep. Still did it again at fantasy. Yeah. Um, uh, it's all, it's all there. Uh, most of my work is either rolling up under drrotor.com or going for two.com. Um, so if you follow or subscribe to either of those, you'll see my stuff kind of trickle across. Um, I am about to be 35 years old. I live in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and I forgot the rest of your questions. No, I think, I think you pretty much hit it all there, man. So Eric, are, are you from Texas originally then? I am. Yeah. Uh, we've been in San Antonio forever, uh, but I grew up uh, just north of the, the Houston area, uh, uh, close to the woodlands. Okay, H-Town, H-Town. Okay, so tell me, what was it like growing up around H-Town? Um, how was your childhood, high school, all that good stuff? Yeah, it was um, It was pretty cool. Um, the, the Woodlands is a really interesting area. I, I went back recently for the first time in a while, and it's just absolutely exploded. But when I was there, it was uh, a bit more uh, in tune with its namesake. A lot of, like, really cool, like, nature areas, really cool, like walking and bike paths. So, you know, as a nineties kid, like most of my Mm -hmm. time was just outside, right? Like Mm -hmm. be home by the time the streetlights come on and don't tell me about your problems kind of thing. Um, So just, you know, a lot of kids in the neighborhood, a lot of bike riding, a lot of like just futzing around in the woods and building forts and stuff like that. Uh, The Woodlands is a pretty like affluent area. So uh, we didn't quite have it like that, but like most of my friends were like real quick to have like the newest, like super Nintendo or N64 or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like access to kind of the finer things in life. Um, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was, it was pretty chill, right? It was, it's kind of a, a weird point in time to have grown up, uh, you know, sort of right at the dawn of the internet, right? We were yeah. always outside all the time. And then all of a sudden we all had computers and we just spent our free time inside. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and Texas down there, if, if I'm correct, like that really is the, the home of high school football. And I've read so many books about high school football and the culture there in Texas. Um, did, did you play football or any other sports during your uh, time in high school or younger? Younger, I played football. I played football in uh, in junior high school. Uh, shout out uh, Danny Amendola was on my junior high school football team. Um, and then I promptly and repeatedly kept breaking one of my feet. 
and Ooh. it didn't really <laughs> seem like that was the the bag for me. So kind of fell oh. away from football. Um, as I got a little bit older, it was it was more towards kind of like the BMX sort of okay. skateboarding kind of thing. Um, but that was really the end of my not so storied kind of organized sports <laughs> career. <laughs> got Tony Hawk out there. Something so like I, that. That was my jam in high school too. I played baseball, but then it's like skateboarding. Wow, this is way better <laughs> than beating yeah. my body up. <clears throat> Which at that point, like fantasy sports, you can't play anymore. Um, when did you start playing fantasy sports? Yeah, so I I started uh, kind of riding along with my with my dad when I was in like junior high, maybe early mm-hmm. in high school. Um, growing up in the Houston area. We were without a professional franchise until 2002 when we got the Texans back. Um, so that was really the part where I like, started you know, paying closer attention to football and very quickly realized that there were many a games that my dad had interest in that I couldn't seem to figure out why. Uh, so that was kind of the introductory point to, to fantasy, sort of, sort of explaining the game to me. Um, there was a point where like he was still like walking his – uh, like his waiver moves in an envelope to the local bar every Tuesday, wow. Tuesday night kind of thing. That's awesome. Um, in terms of like when I started playing myself, it was a few years later is my first year of college. I had like a random part-time job at a mattress store um, and sort of weaseled my way into like the company league on a, nice. a Saturday morning meeting. Nice. That's funny that you bring up your dad with the, like the envelope. And cause I remember sitting with my dad like hand scoring leagues. Yeah. It was like the only reason why we had a subscription to USA today. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) Was your dad also going down to the local bar to turn that in? Cause I, I I think that is absolutely golden. Like I would love to just like walk down to the local watering hole on a Tuesday night and like give those waivers in person. That sounds awesome. (laughs) That does. Yeah. It it seems super like kitschy. I'm, I'm sure it was a pain at the time. Right. But like looking back on it, it's like, Oh, such a yeah, simple right? time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One, 100%. Absolutely. Eric. Um, so after high school, after you get into fantasy sports, then um, you, you eventually go to college at university of Texas at San Antonio, if I'm correct on that. Um, what led you to that? And then how did that um, get you to where you are today? Which I believe you're uh, the, the chief of staff at a company called Seneca Seneca. Yeah, uh, Sencha is uh, where where I toil away for my my day job. Um, in terms of how I made it to UTSA uh, to kind of live up to my sort of skater slacker vibe, um, it was one of the few places I could get into without writing an essay based on my SAT scores, <laughs> where I had like at least a small handful of friends heading that way. Um, so kind of checked all the boxes for me, um, in terms of how it kind of led me to what I'm doing with Sencha now, it sort of didn't, I kind of bounced around a fair amount in, in college, uh, switched majors a lot. The majority of my course of study was in geographic information systems. It's like the software they use to build maps. Um, so that was really cool. Like a little bit creative, a little bit scientific. Um, but that literally has nothing to do with what I do uh, here in the in the fantasy space or for a day job. Sencha is a uh, it's, it's essentially a technology company. We're a JavaScript framework. Okay, okay. 
Awesome. Awesome. So now that we've talked about your college, I have, this is something I've been excited to bring up with you. Um, partially because I'm hoping to be a part of it next season. Uh, can you kind of tell our audience a little bit about what pros with Joe's is first of all? Yeah. Uh, we are a charity fantasy football league. Uh, we just wrapped up our second year in existence, uh, last season. Um, I guess what's a little bit unique about our structure and our format um all of the pros who are participating are raising money for a charity a cause that they hand select um nice. so really cool to kind of hear all of uh the stories behind why people are choosing the causes and how those causes um you know have, have touched their lives everything like that um in terms of how we actually play another kind of interesting wrinkle Every single one of our teams is a pair of co-managers, a, a pro and a Joe. Um, so basically anyone out there that listens to or consumes fantasy content and has wondered what it'll be, what would it be like to, uh, you know, co-manage a team with Nate or with uh, G-Men J or Dave Richard or mm -hmm, Adam mm -hmm, Rank, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of, kind of pick your poison on whoever your favorite analyst is. Uh, this is an opportunity to a contribute and give money to a cause that they care about, but b have a chance to play and co-manage alongside them in a league of experts. Was it hard to get that started and up and running? Because I mean, you're talking about pros that yeah. are maybe yeah. a little bit more difficult to get. The Joes are the easy part. <laughs> yeah, getting the pros. Like, how was that? Yeah. Um, so we. Uh, we didn't do any ourselves any favors when we started this up heading into the 2020 season. Um, the idea and the initiative all came to be right after week one of the preseason. Um, so Ooh. we really were kind of scrambling. I mean, initially it was just like this, wouldn't it be cool kind of idea? Um, myself and my co-founder, uh, Rob Thomas, not of Matchbox 20. I was literally about to say, you got the guy from Matchbox 20 and all Yeah, so we used all of Rob's clout to get into the <laughs> Um No, so, I mean, you know, originally it was just us scrambling literally in everyone's DMs, like being the annoying ones responding to their posts with content, like, hey, you should play in our charity league. Um, you know, we thought we would be lucky to scrape together like 10 people and then like we would just pretend to be pros and kind of keep it moving. Um, and very quickly, it it just kind of snowballed and took off. Um, probably the biggest jumping off point, uh, sh shout out to Marcus Grant. He couldn't MG. play in the first season. Uh, he, did, he did jump in last year. But when we hit him up, he was unfortunately unavailable. He was apologetic about that. But he literally just, like, opened up his Rolodex. Like, we had all kinds of intros to tons of people that he worked with in the industry. And that was really like the jumping off point where, you know, even though he you know, didn't have time to participate that year, um, he, he, he did a lot to really advance the ball for us uh, and open a lot of doors for us. So uh, he was, he was the real MVP in that first season. Um, and it, you know, very quickly shifted to, instead of us doing a bunch of outreach, we had people pinging us to, uh, to see if they could participate. So it was, uh, super right. fast, super frenetic, um, but a, a fun ride for sure. Yeah. 
And what was the mission behind it, Eric? Like, like, like what did you and, and Rob Thomas, like, how did this idea kind of come about? Um, it, you know, I don't know if you guys were just like jamming out to some She's So Mean or any of those great Matchbox 20 songs together. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but what, what, what led to this, man? Yeah, I, I just, I picture Rob having all Matchbox 20 songs on Luke <laughs> 24 hours a day. Oh, I um, would. So I, I guess kind of the origin story um our eventual champion for year one dave richard on uh an episode of uh the cbs fantasy podcast suggested that he would be willing to um to co-manage his spot in the expert league with one of their fans um and there seemed to be a, a pretty big outpouring of interest and support in that um so rob heard that episode he saw some of the interest that kind of fell behind it um, and, you know, had the idea of, well, what if we tried to make a league that was structured like this? Um, you know, could we potentially raise some money through that? Um, you know, very quickly got in contact with Dave. He said that he would be down. Um, so, you know, we, we had a little bit of traction and, and really just just ran with it. Right. It, at least for for me, I can I can speak for Rob as well. Um, you know, going through the first half of 2020, um, you know, had us both feeling introspective. Um, and, you know, thinking about ways that we can maybe help outside of, you know, mm -hmm. the, you know, our own little bubbles and, and the things we do every day. So, um, you know, there's, there's sort of that philanthropic through line there, obviously in the fantasy football community, um, that's, that's a very common theme, right? Scott Fish has done a ton of oh, awesome yeah. work to make that, um, you know, one of the social norms of this community. Um, so, you know, we thought it would be an interesting take on a charity league and just another vehicle to try to do some good with this kind of silly game that we all love. Wow. That's, that's awesome. First of all, shout out Scott fish goat goat right there. And then shout out Dave Richards too. I mean, that's, that's goat stuff right there, man. I mean, like Dave's the man. I, I, I don't know him personally, but I always hear him on the pod and he's just a super inspiring guy. So Eric, that's awesome though that you know you guys took that initiative, you took an idea and you ran with it, and to do it all in the name of charity. It, I mean, that's that's one of the awesome things about the fantasy football industry. So I appreciate that, man. That's that's awesome. And, and then, like, were there any like times during this, during this, trying to get pros, trying to get Joe's orchestrating, you know, going through the crazy 2020 and 2021 season? I mean, the most unpredictable NFL seasons we've ever seen. Were there any trials and tribulations during this time at all? Yeah, uh, tons. <laughs> so I, I, I mentioned that we we made it hard on ourselves uh, from a like a timing standpoint when we first started. Um, you know, as we were really just kind of spitballing about how we could make all of this work. Um, I, I should probably zoom out a little bit. Uh, the way that we pair Pro and Joe. Uh, every single one of our pros is essentially a prize in a sweepstakes. So okay. people go to their okay. uh, donor page, they donate however much they feel comfortable with, and that is converted into entries in this sweepstakes. Uh, mm -hmm. Very early on, uh, I guess not early enough, but uh, we had someone, a, a buddy of mine in the, in the legal realm, inform me that if you are to set up any sort of scheme that involves a uh, dollar figure requirement to participate and leads to you having a chance to win something of value that's gambling so for like 
two weeks uh, there, we were kind of setting up a pseudo gambling ring. Um, so we, <laughs> wow. we really had to, uh, we really had to be careful about uh, the platform partners that we worked with about word choice. Um, these are all sweepstakes. They are not raffles. Um, mm -hmm. There is the opportunity for free entries. I don't know if, if you recall, like, on whatever the lucky charms commercial when they talk about whatever their promotion is yeah at the end yep, they do the yep. word salad of like no purchase necessary not mm -hmm. eligible to people yes. in these states and all that yeah we got really familiar with all of that language because that's all of like the lane that makes it a sweepstakes and not a raffle wow um so that was really fun like you know thinking if we might be like facing like a rico suit somewhere down the road for trying oh, to God. raise some money for charity <laughs> um we've got all those ducks in a row um 2020 was wild uh we were running on mfl it was my first time commissioning on there uh it's we had games love mfl like seven days love mfl learning curve yeah. but love mfl <laughs> um it, it can literally do anything you want it to do but learning it with a 118 person tournament is Ooh. not the right place to do it um <laughs> so ton, tons of yeah you know, bumps and bruises and skin knees there. Um, and then randomly, probably the biggest and ongoing uh, trial and mystery, Rob Thomas has disappeared like four weeks into the first season. No more texts, no more phone calls, no more DMs, just gone. Um, so Rob, if you're out there, I still love you, brother. Wait, we still wait. have a home for you. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Are you wait, serious? Wait, wait yes. so you're telling me the guy you started pros and Joes with, like, ghosted you after the first couple weeks of it? A year, yeah, like, like almost two years ago at this point. Yeah, like a like a fart in the wind. Did you know him? Did you know this guy? No, no. I mean, we we'd interacted sort of here and there on on Twitter. Uh, we you know we we got to know each other very quickly. You know, wow. we were talking before hours at end uh, every single day for a couple months there and just out of the blue he was gone um and so you know I, I i didn't know him well enough to know his family life or family situation i didn't know something you know came up there or whatever yeah, yeah. um i i've certainly been known to put my foot in my mouth uh, a time or two so <laughs> i didn't know if maybe i got under his skin um, you know, at, at first I thought it was just kind of this, you know, happenstance thing. And then as we continued to grow and continued to raise money, <laughs> solid Scott. <laughs> he, uh, for the audio listeners, we have Scott here in the, in the YouTube comments. He probably went on tour. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as time continued to go on, we continued to raise money. I, I almost got like a little paranoid, like, wait, how how well did I know Rob really? He has access to, you know, all of the accounts where the money is sitting and like our database of uh, people's contact info. So like, I hope you change some P dubs, man. Yeah. He's alive, to, right? Like, change. <laughs> it seems like it. Um, either that or someone is very periodically updating his Facebook page. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like he was, he was super active. I think he was a moderator in one of CBS's fantasy communities. And like literally, it just like stopped. You just wow. completely unplugged from the fantasy world. So wow, um, I can take a hint. <laughs> you know, I, <sighs> I'll, I'll ping him periodically. I, I haven't heard back, um, but 
like I said, you've you still got a home here, Rob, if you want to come and, and keep this thing going. Shout out to Rob, man. <laughs> I hope you're doing well out there, man. That's that's For probably real. one of the bigger like bombs that's been dropped on this show. Like right? that was wild. Big that J is crazy. Journalism. Big J All journalism right. tonight, Nate. Big J journalism, baby. Let's uh let's turn this story around. I want to know what's your favorite thing that's happened because of pros with Joe's. Like your favorite memory from doing all of this. And oh, it can man. be that Rob disappeared. <laughs> I mean, that is this not, is completely up to you. That is far and away not my favorite memory. Not only was it like a really trying time, um, but I, I I miss working with Rob. We had a we had a good thing going. Um, Rob. I mean, there there are so many valid answers to this. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier, like just learning everyone's story a little bit more, you know, uh, understanding why they chose the charities they did and, you know, how those causes have, you know, impacted their lives, like just really added like a lot of uh, like richness to my, you know, relationship and understanding of these, these people, probably my, my favorite story in terms of like a pinpointed outcome Um, from our first year, uh, the pairing that we had, uh, with Adam Rank and with his Joe, they're like legitimate in real life friends now. Like they go wow. on vacation together. What? Um, like they text all the time. Yeah. Like I, I guess he uh, he owns a bar uh, or a series of bars that um, that Adam was familiar with. Like they just immediately hit it off and like built this like dope relationship that wow. otherwise wow. wouldn't have happened. Um, so that's that's super cool to think about, right? And just I mean, you know, seeing just how much people like really geek out about, you know, finding out that they won and they're going to spend time with, you know, this personality or this expert you know, to you know, see it all the way through to like, oh yeah, now they're just like super casual, like on text in real life friends. Like it's, it's cool to see that, um, you know, come together and for us to, you know, play a little part in that. Yeah. Shout out Adam Rank. That's an awesome, that's an awesome story too, man. That is an um, awesome story. NFL Network's Adam Rank. Yeah, that's that that that's great, dude. I mean, that's that's crazy. Could you imagine just like again going back to the bar? You're just like you just post up a bar and you found out find out the owners, you know, your fancy football co-commission. That's awesome. Well, I'm pumped. I'm pumped now, man. We we got we we got we got feel-good stories, we got we got disappearing <laughs> stories. Pros with Joe's, it feels like it's had a little bit of everything, Eric. So, in right, addition, this has been like a soap opera story. I, I know, dude. I, <laughs> Movie I, rights. We've, I, we've yeah. definitely got like a docudrama in the works in the next five years, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I think Brad actually said he he wants a six uh, a six episode podcast series on on Rob Thomas and where he is, dude. Yes, unsolved let's, mystery style. Let's go, Brad. Yes, let's call, uh, let's call, let's call Neve Shulman <laughs> and the boys up from uh, MTV's Catfish. See if they got anything on Rob. <laughs> no, honestly, though, Eric, all jokes aside, man, like, thank you for your work with Pros and Joes. It's an mm-hmm. awesome, awesome thing you're doing over there. We appreciate and we support that initiative at IBT. If we can ever help in any way, please let us know. Um, just thank you for your work, man. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been a ton of fun, uh, Nate. I, I I heard you slide in your your request there. By all <laughs> means, open invite anyone on the IBT network wants to wants awesome. to mix it up and and get in get in for for twenty twenty two. 
um, happy, happy to make that happen. So as we'll, long as uh, Nate's we'll, a Joe, Nate's definitely a Joe. I'm telling you that right now. You know, Seth, <laughs> I'm going to save all of my anger for tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Nate and I are going to have a, a little bit of a battle on a, on another channel. Um, what are we talking about? LaVisca Chenault, one of yep. Nate's like weird stands he's got going it's on. It's not weird. He is talented. He's dying on that hill. Yes, I am. It's the only hill I've ever died on. For Nate's, Nate's not just dying. Nate's living on that hill. Nate's got like a, a grill out there. A smoker, Dude, like, I am building, on that hill. I am building my on home that hill. on that hill. <laughs> All right, well, Eric, in addition to pros, pros with Joe's man, can you tell us a little bit about like, like what really drove you to get into the fantasy sports industry? I know you're working with Dr. Roto over there going for two. Um, I know a lot of guys who contributed to both those sites, uh, you know, great, great people over there. What led you to, to really kind of jump all in with this really wasn't, you know, your, uh, your, your background? Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like my story is not all that uh, different from from many, right? Like I was kind of doing a lot of this research and, you know, trying to sharpen my axe in the fantasy space. Um, what really accelerated was the charity league, right? Like, um, you know, basically from the time that preseason or so starts all the way through the completion of the playoffs, like I am on a nonstop media tour i'm jumping on to every podcast and live stream that i can um i always have my handout which uh feels kind of crummy sometimes but apart from my kind of self-consciousness whispering in the back of my head um it's a it's a super fun time to podcast to live stream um to participate in in this space so you know really got uh, an opportunity to to join in and to get exposed to that by way of the charity and as um as we were wrapping up the the first year in 2020 um shout out to our guy gman j i saw that they were looking for more content creators uh, over at going for two he was still with them at the time and i just kind of hit him up you know asked his opinion of it um and he very forcefully pushed me to pursue it <laughs> um, he's like no you're absolutely doing this he connected me to jeff and it was kind of off and running so Felt like I was sort of doing like the research side, you know, just for an audience of one for a few years um, and just had a good ass time creating content with all the awesome people in the space. So wanted to do more of it. Awesome. 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 Jen, any we have Jen on audio only for, for those joining us uh, via YouTube or any other video streams out there. Jen, any uh, any other final thoughts, questions for Eric here? I mean, I guess you've beautifully told this story. Um, what, what would you say is the most significant piece of advice from any aspect of your life that you can share to others, to listeners, to everybody? Man, that's heavy. Um, it's what we do here. Big J, baby, <laughs> big J, Jen. <laughs> um, it, it's probably a cliche. It's probably a little bit too simple. Um, but I think in looking at, the charity league stuff and also reliving that story with Jay. Um, you know, ultimately, like if you, if you want to do something like the most important thing is just starting, right. Um, it can be for an audience of one. If you want to be a content creator, um, it can be, you know, knowing that you're going to create some 
busted ass tables if you want to get into woodworking or whatever it is, right? Like yeah. the most important thing is just like taking that first step and knowing that it's probably not going to be perfect. You're probably going to skin your knee along the way. Um, but that's, you know, that, that's part of the journey. And, you know, before long, you'll get into a rhythm and sort of be upset at yourself for not taking that first step sooner. Love Couldn't it. Agree more. Love great. it, man. Powerful stuff here from Eric. Eric, well, we appreciate you coming in, um, telling us your story. Um, if you mind sticking around, we do have some fancy football to talk about as well. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, we're going to kick it off here with some Would You Rather. Right. So as the world turns, the fantasy football world turns as well. Since the last time we talked, we alluded to it earlier. Devontae Parker finds his way to New England, division rival there, staying in the AFC North, uh, AFC East, that is. Um, we got him over there. We got MVS um, on my most hated list. Nate knows that. Um, he heads to the Kansas City Chiefs, link up Patty Mahomes and the boys. Um so I, I want to bring them into this discussion here. I'm going to throw two other receivers into this. But first question for you guys is, would you rather draft Devontae Parker, MVS, Corey Davis, who remains with the Jets? You know, they could be taking a Drake London, a Garrett Wilson at the top of the draft. We've heard a lot about that. Or Donovan Peoples-Jones and DPJ. Nate, you've been on this guy for a couple of years now. He's finally getting some buzz. He is the Browns' number two wide receiver as of now. The, the Browns don't have a first-round pick. So, you know, it looks like he, he has a chance to at least cement himself possibly in that role. Um, Jen, I want to start with you, um, fam. Who are you drafting out of, out of these four here? I mean, for me, honestly, none of them are ideal. But <laughs> Nate has me on the Donovan Peoples-Jones side. I mean, he's just been preaching that as long as, you know, he's been well preaching LaVishka. So... Um, but, you know, he makes solid points, and I think that they're all valid. So of, of those four guys, I mean, it's just kind of scary to see Marquez Valdez scantling there in Kansas City because I don't know that he's going to get much. So, uh, yeah, I'll stick with Peoples-Jones. Nathan, you going to agree with your wife here? So, yes, except that you put Devontae Parker in this list. So, and it's kind of tough for me because I think Devontae Parker is going to do really well, really well. Um, but yeah, no, I'm going to go with, yeah, I'm going to go with Donovan Peoples-Jones. I would take him over the other three. I was going to okay. say MVS just to trigger you, but. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, before I add any, any thoughts, Eric, what do you got here? So I'm, I'm right there with with Nate, but I guess a little bit further over the line. Uh, it's it's sort of a process of elimination, but it's it's Devonte Parker for me. Um, I, I think making this move solidifies that New England is probably not going to make a wide receiver a huge priority in the draft. And I mean, it's obviously an open question, but mm. if he stays healthy, should be able to to feast there in that offense. See, that's interesting you say that because what tips me away from Devontae Parker is that I think they're going to go after Jahan Dotson in the draft. 
but they're also different receivers too Dotson's more of a slot guy I think unless New England goes wide receiver in the first round Devontae Parker is going to be the X he's going to be the number one wide receiver split out split out to the weak side of the offense here and I I, I, that's I I think I'm with you here Eric I think it's just like a higher out of all these guys I, I see the highest target percentage going to Devontae Parker Mac Jones is accurate. We know that. Nate, Nate's been preaching that one for another couple of years as well. Um, but Mac Just a Jones, year. I'm almost a 70% completion percentage as a rookie. He looked really good in that department, and he hasn't had a big-bodied guy. Um, Nelson Aguilar, RIP, that, that experiment did not work. So I really think Parker is going to come in here. I think he's going to slot out. So, I mean, none of these are great wide receivers. Like I think realistically the ceiling for most of these guys is a wide receiver too, but – more than likely, they're a wide receiver three or four this year. I would say most likely. Um, any other like is anyone intrigued by Corey Davis at all? Because I am not. Because I I really think the Jets could be adding a, a, another X in this draft. And guys, Zach Wilson is still the quarterback. You've been preaching that all, all week dude, on Twitter, Nate. You've been preaching I have your, your been. Hate for Zach Wilson all week. It's dude. He's just. <laughs> uh, yeah. Can't. Okay, what about MVS? Is anyone like like like? No. Are, are you excited at all, Eric, for MVS in Kansas City? High flying guy, deep threat. Um, no, Demarcus Robinson, who kind of played that role okay the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you you probably just set it up perfectly, right? Like if he's stepping into the Demarcus Robinson role, um, there goes my interest in in MVS. Right? We saw uh, we saw them acquire Juju in free agency. Uh, you know, while he certainly isn't the same caliber player, Nicole Hardman was very much so drafted to be a Tyreek yeah. Hill replacement down the road. Um, I, I think that there is a decent likelihood we see them uh, look at maybe a day two or day three wide receiver as well. Um, so you know, if they don't make that move, maybe at ADP, you know, worth worth a dart here or there. But uh, I'm I'm not too excited about getting the next version of, of Robinson. Yeah. Yep. 100% agree with you guys on that one. Let's go ahead and move forward to our next question here. Eric, I want to start with you. Would you rather get smacked by Will Smith, the Fresh Prince himself, on live television? Or would you rather draft Kirk Cousins in the first round of a, of a non-superflex league? So a little bit of sabotage, self-sabotage there, or getting smacked in the face by Will Smith. Can, uh, can, I, can I take my turn at this big J journalism thing and yes, ask sir. a clarifying question. Yes, sir. <laughs> do I actually have to eat that slap or do I just need to find myself in Chris Rock's shoes as <laughs> Will Smith is closing on him? Oh, you got to eat it. You got to, you got to take it. I'm taking, I'm taking Kirk Cousins. Um, oh. I am smack, man. <laughs> I am, I am a lover. I am not a fighter. Um, I, I do not condone violence as it is. Um, also, like with my luck, I I probably wouldn't be able to stay on my feet. I'd like crack my head open on the on the stage or whatever. Um, but a a more <laughs> practical response, right? Like when I when I read this question on the show sheet, I almost took it as would I rather get smacked in the face by Will Smith or would I rather pick up a dynasty orphan where Kirk Cousins is the quarterback? And it's probably the latter, right? I mean, you're it's not the most optimal play out there, but you can certainly recover from that. Um, whereas I don't know if I would be back on my feet if I 
that's like a few weeks ago. <laughs> Jen, what do you got here? We, we got Kevin O'Connell coming into Minnesota. So Kirk Cousins, I think he's a sneaky value once again here. I said it last year. I project him as a QB1. He was. Nate's been hating on him, but if, if there's a chance to unlock Minnesota, it, it, it's with Kevin O'Connell and it's here in 2022. You taking the shot with Kirk Dizzler or are you taking the smack? Wait, me or Jen? I thought you said Jen. No, I was totally sorry. Jen. Yep. Oh. I'm go- I'm going- oh, sorry. I was going in and out. I was, I, I didn't even get to hear the last part of what Eric said, but um, I'm going to go with the smack just because that's so temporary. Um, I can, I can, I can handle a punch for that moment and public humiliation for a minute. And then I, I get turned into a meme. So like, that's pretty cool. Right. But Kirk Cousins for a whole entire season. Like, <laughs> yeah, bro. Kirk Cousins. Dude, I would, I'll take this a step further. Will Smith can kick me in the balls. <laughs> And I still will take that over drafting Kirk Cousins in the first round of a non-super flex league. Yep. But to Eric's point, you know, the you know, inheriting an orphan, and you're stuck with him. I'm gonna take Dizzler, man. I'm taking Dizzler, like, dude, like Will Smith, like, I don't know, dude. He's probably in pretty good shape, you'd think. Like, I mean, that dude's got like some private chefs, probably, you know, private fitness trainers. I'm not taking a smack for one and getting up and, you know, like, like shout out Chris Rock. Like, can we just get like a, a applause for Chris Rock? Like that dude just tore it up. Right. I mean, just kept going. I mean, I think his yeah, net worth probably went up like a couple mil after that night. Oh yeah. He's well, a, he's a well, big winner from all of this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. You were going to talk about ticket sales. Oh yeah. So he had two shows in Boston. Like, his shows had been selling out, but like it was taking a while for these shows on his tour to sell out. He had two shows in Boston sell out faster than an entire month's worth of shows had sold. Ooh. Like, well, yeah, he's got, go. he's got material for like a decade off this easy. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Stock up for a guy, Chris rock and stock up for Kirk cousins, man. Look, look ahead. Look at the bright side here, Nate. I'm taking Kirk Cousins in a couple leagues. Uh, look I, ahead to when he's not the quarterback in Minnesota oh. anymore. Thoughts <laughs> fired again from Nate. Let's move forward here, guys. Uh, another big piece of news here within the last couple weeks. We have the Eagles who are trading out of one of their, their first-round picks. They're giving it to the Saints there in the teens. Now the Saints are loaded with two first-round picks here. A lot of people are saying maybe they're going to make a push at one of these quarterbacks. People are saying maybe they're going to make a push at wide receiver to equip Jameis Winston to the best of their ability. So question is here, would you guys rather have the Saints draft Malik Willis or Garrett Wilson after trading with Philly? Um, So one of those team picks, who would you guys rather see? And I would like to throw this out there too. If you want to trade out one of these players for another of the position, like Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, I think those are pretty similar players. So uh, feel free to, but Eric, what do you think here, man? I will answer this question entirely selfishly. Um, I mean, there's a logical consideration. I don't think Malik Willis makes it to them in the kind of midway through the first round. Um, But also, I have been stacking up Marquise Callaway shares in best ball all offseason. And I would like it very much so to see Michael Thomas head out of town 
and for them not to go all in on a wide receiver this year because I am personally invested in it. <laughs> <laughs> always the right answer. All, always the right answer. Be selfish there, there, Eric. Jen, what about you? Um, I don't know. This one's kind of tough because we've got a rookie quarterback and a rookie wide receiver and a new head coach. So it's like, do you want to put all of your eggs in your quarterback basket or do you want to continue rolling with who you've got, even though that was a disaster last year, or do you want to go with, I mean, I don't know. I mean, and I agree that I don't think Malik Willis is going to last that long. Honestly, I don't. I know, dude, unless New Orleans does some magic and trades up into the very early part of the first round, there's no way. I actually put money on Malik Willis to go first overall at plus 5,000 odds. So, holy cow, Nate. What are you? That's pretty. Bold. Nate, I mean, okay. top Jen, obviously you didn't know about this. You don't have control of the DraftKings. <laughs> it was $3. It was $3. <laughs> With a really good, I went 126 bucks if he goes first overall. It was three bucks and I won, right? Here's the thing. The pack of snuff, man. That's a roll of snuff. You're, you're shit out of luck, <laughs> man. Well, it's a good thing I don't like chewing tobacco, <laughs> The thing so is, Nate, it's sounding like you would not choose Malik Willis. You're going with somebody else. Like I'm Garrett going Garrett Wilson. Wilson. I think if they can get it's another not a receiver, bad choice. If they can get another receiver to stretch the field for Jameis Winston, maybe that's what Jameis. he needed. Jameis Winston, man, I'm never going to get that right. Just forget. You're about never going to get it right. If they can just get another receiver for Winston, imagine Michael Thomas, Marcus Callaway, Adam Troutman, Garrett Wilson. Chris Olave, one of those guys. Maybe that's all that maybe that's all Winston needs to be a stellar quarterback. And I feel like they're smart enough in the front office to see that they have something in Winston. It's why they re-signed him. I don't I can't see them going quarterback. I can't see them giving up the draft capital to move up to where they can get Willis. Receiver makes sense. Or like Brad said, watch, they just go offensive line or linebacker or something else. Yeah, that's it, it. It's tough, honestly. I I think I agree with you though, guys. I would rather see them take Garrett Wilson or a Drake London, one of those guys. Even a Chris Olave. I didn't really think about that that because I've you know, in all of the mocks that I've done, I have him going either the Packers or the or the Chiefs selfishly, just because I love Chris Olave. But um, I I think you might be right here, Nate. I think that actually could be a good fit. You know, just give him an underneath receiver that James mm-hmm. Winston. Can, I mean. You you know though if if like someone like Matt Corral goes here, like I could see them taking Matt Corral. I, I've seen that in mocks and like Matt Corral I... loves the slant, man. He would feed Michael Thomas to life, man. Yeah. We don't even know if Michael Thomas is gonna be there though. I mean, it doesn't sound like he. I don't know. That's a conversation for another show. Yeah, that hundred percent. But... That's going to be in our conspiracy show with uh, with Eric when we talk about Michael Thomas. Will he play? And Rob Thomas, will he reappear? And are Michael is, Thomas and Rob Thomas and Rob Thomas related? Right? <laughs> is Rob Thomas actually Michael Thomas? Oh, that's why we haven't seen either for the last two seasons. They're mystery solved. 
Mystery we didn't need solved, six baby. episodes to figure that out. Fecal is Einhorn. <laughs> Einhorn is fecal. <laughs> All right, guys. So, so a little more minority news, NFL related here. Um, since the last time we talked, one, um, I don't know if anyone's a professional wrestler fan. I'm, I'm really not, but. Pat McAfee made his WWE debut over the weekend, Dude. rocked a backflip, rocked a, a, a box jump up into a su- su- suplex, Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know, stunnered. Just absolutely memorable moment. Um, let, let's just start with thoughts on that. Nate, you, you, seem, you seem pretty happy, man, for someone well, who's... I don't know. I don't know anything about wwe wrestling you're saying stone cold steve austin i thought he retired like years ago god so but i did see the video of pat mcafee doing the backflip off the ropes and that blew like i watched it i was like just like it was like one of those literal like yeah yeah moments like homeboy is there anything you can't do like for real i love pat mcafee like love him so are you going to WrestleMania? No. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm so, going so, to the draft. Okay, okay, wait, wait. I didn't I didn't get to the question yet. We were just talking <laughs> talking WWE here. Uh, Look Eric, at Jim. Eric, did you see the did you see the Pat McAfee clip that we're talking about? Yeah, I, I did see the clip. Uh I'm uh I'm I'm a little bit removed from kind of active viewership in the WWE world, but oh for sure. I mean it's wild. Like this dude was the punter for the Colts and now yeah. he like literally does everything. It's crazy to see like this like weird ark that he's on. Good shout for him. Out, oh, it's yeah, shout beautiful. out Pat McAfee, man. I mean that right yeah. can you I mean NFL punter, media mogul, um just absolute beast Pat McAfee is. Um so also in the news guys, Detroit, old old Rock City man, they're gonna they're gonna be hosting the 2024 NFL draft. Good for Detroit. Good for Detroit. They they go win here finally. Um, so question, I'm gonna start you off here, Jen. Would you rather attend the 2024 draft in Detroit? The city of I don't really know what the, they're the city of, not brotherly love, that's for sure. Eminem. Uh, <laughs> would you rather <laughs> would you rather uh attend the draft in Detroit or go to the next WWE WrestleMania? the draft like no int- a thousand percent no interest in wwe no i mean my, i have two older brothers and when the wwe was still wwf when i was a kid and uh they would watch it and i would just sit there and be like what what is happening can't you two see that this is fake like this legit looks fake what are you up to putting your time and energy into this um and it is entertaining. I will definitely say that the the snippets that I've seen, it's entertaining. But I'd rather get on a plane and go to Detroit for the draft. Okay, okay, little love, little love to Michigan, the Garden. No, Michigan's not the Garden State. Nate, you're on mute. I think, brother. Garden <laughs> State. State's New Jersey. What if you had to drive to Detroit? Does that change your answer? I'd still drive. Are you to asking Detroit. me? Sorry, I broke up. Yes. Yeah, I'm asking you. Yeah, I'll drive to Detroit. It's okay. There we it's go. It's not working. No, it's working hard, not smart, because you want to get there. But yeah, whatever. Okay. 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 I guess okay. we're driving to the draft. 
Okay. No, we're not. Nate, we're you... flying to the draft. <laughs> <laughs> what aren't you getting? Nate, are, are you joining Jen in Detroit here? Are you going to WrestleMania? He might I not am. be invited anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing myself out of a marriage here tonight, guys. She's subbing you for Pat McAfee. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I, you know what? I can't blame her. I get it. Um, no, I'm going to the draft. I, dude, I, so I wasn't, I mean, I probably, I'm, my memory tells me I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling when I was a kid, and that tracks based on my childhood. Um, <laughs> but I just never got into wrestling. Like, I played one WWF game. I think really for me, it was when the Wildlife Federation stole their name. It's like, forget about it. What's this WWE crap? You add an extra line to the name. I'm out. Um, no, it's draft for me 100%. Like, that's a, like, a, kind of like a lifelong dream to go to the draft. Okay. Okay. Eric? Man, I am a prisoner of the moment. I think the colloquialism we were looking for is the Motor City in Detroit. Um, I, for a very short window of time, thought that I was going to be able to go to Vegas for the draft this year for mm -hmm. my birthday. And timing didn't work out. I'm going a few weeks later. So now like my FOMO level is like all the way at 11. So the only answer for me is the draft. But uh, I'm, I'm sure WrestleMania is a good-ass time. Um, but it's it's a it's a pretty straightforward call for me. Okay, okay. I I will say I had been to a WWE event, not WrestleMania. It was pretty sweet. Those guys are athletic as hell. So shout out to them. Um, Kyle, audio editor here. He's saying Michigan is the Great Lakes state, by the way. So good to know. Makes sense. I freaking love Michigan. I want to go to Michigan so bad. Honestly, that's like a bucket list thing. Detroit. I'll head there for the draft, man. I, I, I don't know what's what's good in Detroit, but I'll pull out Yelp. We'll kind of find our way around there. Um, we'll go hang out with Beastie. Yeah, yeah. He said he, he put out on Twitter, Chris Robin, DFS analyst, for anyone who doesn't know him. He put out on Twitter we can camp in his backyard. So I'm there. I'm there like underwear, baby. You have to read Scott's comment out loud. Okay, here we go. For, for the audio listeners, Scott Rainier, co-host, in-between fantasy football podcast, host of Pulp Fantasy Author of the Mondays, Scott Rainier. I'd rather run backwards to Detroit for the draft than WrestleMania. <laughs> okay. 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 And he's in uh, California, so that's quite quite the run. No, he's in Washington he's State. In Washington. Oh, I mean, sorry, Washington. I just put yeah. him over there on the West Coast. because That's a much colder run. You're all up north. All the WrestleMania tickets. All right, all right, fair enough. Fair enough, guys. Well, this has been another edition of Would You Rather. We'll be sure to, to, to bring it back here in a couple weeks from now. Let's go ahead and round out the show with some Sure Things Sleepers of the Week Draft Edition. It's the Sure Thing Sleepers of the Week. All right, sure thing, sleepers of the week, NFL draft edition. I wanted to bring this back this year. Last year, we touched on literally two weeks before the draft. We talked about a few guys who we didn't know if they'd even be drafted, but that, that we liked in our scouting process, we liked in our anal analyzing process. Um, last year, Nate, he, he reminded me, he called out Ramondre Stevenson um, at this time last year. Scott, our, our guy Scott Rainier out there, Elijah Mitchell, he hit on Elijah Mitchell last year when we did this. So we got, we got some shoes to fill here, Eric. You got some shoes to fill, man. Um, can you give us a sleeper outside of Fantasy Pro's top 16 that you are targeting 
in rookie drafts, in best ball drafts, any drafts that you got going on now until the draft. Yeah, so that was a beautiful segue because the guy that comes to mind for me is someone that I actually think might be sort of a sneaky Ramondre Stevenson comp, and that's Jerome Ford. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you look at the pedigree, obviously he was uh, at Alabama there for a couple of years before uh, sneaking over to Cincinnati to actually get uh, any opportunity to carry the ball. And he absolutely took off with it, uh, you know, looking over his – uh, box course from last year, a little bit better than 1,300 yards. He had 19 rushing touchdowns. I think he caught a few more. Uh, he caught the ball a little bit more. So I think he's a really versatile back overall. He's He's got decent size. He's 5'11". He's 220. He ran fast enough, right? 4'4", four, 6'. Four, so uh, a lot of things yeah. to like. And what I like most about him is his general price tag, right? I think most teams are – or he's on the board for most teams because he's probably a day three pick. And in startup drafts, he's usually available in the third round. Uh, he's one of my most common last guy off the board in all of the underdog drafts that I've been firing up. Oh, so yeah. I've got an unhealthy amount of exposure to Jerome Ford thus far <laughs> through the offseason. I like that, man. Jerome Ford looked really, really nice. And, you know, you can say whatever you want about Cincinnati's strength of schedule, but even when they played some of the tougher teams, Jerome Ford still put up a really good fight. I don't know how good that offensive line really was in Cincinnati either. So I like that call, man. I just actually was digging into his, his tape a couple weeks ago, and I really liked what I saw. Definitely vaulted him up my rankings a little bit. So Jerome Ford out of Cincinnati, um, him and Desmond Ritter, man. I mean, they really put mm-hmm. themselves on, on the map this year. So shout out to them, dude. Good for them. Get that bag. Yeah, he uh, he blocked really well for Ritter too. Some of that stuff that's going to get him extra run on the field, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Jen, what do you got for us here? Sure thing, sleeper of the week, draft edition. So I am taking Jeremy Ruckert. Um, I feel like right now, well, for the last year, two years, the tight end class has just been garbage. And Ohio State, they didn't use him enough. And I, and I feel like... He's that big guy. He's 6'5 and like 230, 250, something like that. Um, I think he's going to be a contender depending on where he lands. So I just, I feel like he's far too low um, in mocks and on consensus ratings. So rankings. So I think he's going to do well wherever he goes. It's like everybody's just like the only tight end in this class apparently is freaking Trey McBride, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. and I get it. I get mm-hmm. it because he was outstanding. <clears throat> but Jeremy Record, like Jen said, Ohio State just doesn't use tight ends. But if you watch how this guy plays and when they did use him, he has like Dawson Knox profile almost written all over him, but a little bit more athletic. The the only issue I'll say with like Jen, I I think you're I think you're on here with Jeremy Rucker. I I saw him. Uh, I watched a lot of Big Ten football this year. And I I saw him play. He's an athletic guy. Um, I, I completely agree that Ohio State they just don't scheme that way. Um, only thing you know if you are drafting a a tight end, whether it be you know especially in dynasty, because I mean I feel like he's a good target in dynasty, but you're going to have to wait mm-hmm. a couple of years. Like I remember I had Dawson Knox as a rookie on a taxi squad for like three seasons before he really took off. So it, 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 
Are, are you suggesting maybe Jen that he could have a year one breakout, or is this more just a you no. know, stash and hold? No, type he's a situation? stash. Yeah, okay. he's definitely mm. a stash and hold. Like year one, I think he's going to be hard pressed to be given the opportunity to really showcase what he can do, um, unless he has that just like crazy random game that just skyrockets him on the trending reports. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But otherwise, I think he's going to need a year to develop. And then I think we could possibly see him as, you know, top five. Okay. Top oh, ten, as, okay. Especially as people are aging out and injuries. And That's we don't a have, fair point. We don't have a huge pool to begin with of, of elite tight ends. So here's a question for the room. Jeremy Record ends up in Minnesota. He's essentially Kyle Rudolph. I would like Cincy. I would like Cincy. They, they, I would they, hate I mean, Cincinnati either. They lost uh, Uzuma. Yeah, I think they just brought in Hayden Hurst. I think I just saw that <laughs> come across the bird a, a couple I, days I, ago. But Washington could could be a good spot for him. No, since he yeah. doesn't work, they already have Thaddeus Moss, man. Oh yeah, okay, oh, yeah, that was Nate's freaking sleeper from hell last year, putting on a draft. <laughs> guy. That one did not pan <laughs> out at all. Jeez, jeez. All right, Jen. Jen, I like I like the Rucker call though. In all honesty, um, all right, Nate, what do you got for us here, man? You, last year you had Ramondre Stevenson. You, you you made your meat, man. You got it done. Can you do it two in a row? I think so. So the guy I'm looking at is Jerry and Ely out of Ole Miss. The dude's just talented. And here's something he's small, he's slight, and you're always going to get a knock on running backs in the draft that are under 5'10, pretty much always, unless their name is Barry Sanders. Ely's 5'8, he's slight, he actually might be a little bit smaller than that 5'8 tag, but watch the dude run. He blows through holes between the tackles like a guy who's running at 6'1, 6 foot something like that, much bigger frame, but he finds the holes and he's small. So he's really slippery. That's not even the best part about him. He's an an exceptional route runner. Ole Miss was lining him up as an X receiver. They were lining him up in the slot. He was a real, he was a big part of their passing game. And with Matt Corral also coming into the NFL here, um, Corral was really good at getting in the ball, but he helped Corral be a better quarterback. Think about teams that need a running back like that, like pronto. Um, I mean, where <laughs> there are a lot of teams in chargers Houston. San Francisco could use another back. There, there's a lot of people who could use the services for sure. Exactly. And I mean, especially a team who's, I mean, maybe new England, Maybe oh. he becomes a slot presence in New England where it's like he's less a receiver and more of like a Cordell Patterson type where get some running work, get some receiving work. But Ely would be the guy who would become the Wes Welker, Juliet Edelman, Danny Amendola guy. Did, I mean, I kind of think hear you say the next Debo. I oh. well, oh. Yeah. I've heard that. So I don't know. I mean, the thing that's crazy about him is he's going, he's probably going in the third or fourth round of the yeah. NFL draft. That's what I was going to say, Nate. Do you see him as a day two pick or more of a day three pick? Probably like backside of day two. Okay. Maybe front side of day three. We'll have to, we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, it's hard to say. It, it's, it's, it's tough with these types of players only because like, they they very rarely hit in the NFL. You know, 
some of these smaller profile type guys. It, it, I mean, I love Lynn Bowden. He kind of reminds like I haven't really got deep into his tape, but from what I've seen, you know, just clips, it, it, it's been a little Lynn ba- Bowden esque, and you know, kind of been, sure that's fair. He's quicker than Bowden, but yeah, Tariq Cohen is the only guy that can like I can remember that he reminds me of that I'm just like, wow, yeah, that guy's got some wheels and you know some juice. Well, and think if Tariq Cohen could have stayed healthy. I Man, mean, that's we're, that's we're talking brother, about him a lot differently. That, that's my ride or die there, Tariq Cohen, bro. I still got him on some dynasty teams. I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. Not yet. Not yet. All right, it, Seth, hit us with yours. All right, man. So I just want to like come out here. I could be completely wrong with this, but I really think we are all lacking on James Cook. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, I mean. Let's let's break down this a couple ways because there really is a, a few narratives out there. I just don't think are fair. Like the biggest issue with James Cook running back at Georgia he is he was the number two running back for the national championship team behind Zamir White. And you know we've seen this a lot in the past. Damian Harris he was he was actually the number one a lot of the times to Josh Jacobs number two at Alabama. Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle, Georgia, same type of thing. Split backfield. Um, you know, if you want to go to the wide receiver position, Justin Jefferson was overshadowed by Jamar Chase. So like a lot of people, it, Michael Carter, Javante Williams last year, a lot of people always discount the number two guy kind of living in the shadow there a little bit. But I mean, dude, if you look at James, James Cook's tape, he pops to me, absolutely mm-hmm. pops 5'11", 190. So, you know, a, a, definitely a smaller guy compared to Dalvin, at least, you know, girth wise. Um, but, but he is, you know, a, at least a little bit taller. But, you know, to me, like, he doesn't maybe have the true, true three-down skill set, but he can do a little bit of it all. He's a change-of-pace guy who's going to get there. Um, I mean, if you look at this guy's route running, he was beating corners, SEC corners, too, on a lot of these wheels. That's a lot no of small feet. Yeah, yeah, man. So, I mean, I'm, I'm just super super into what, I'm, what I've seen from James Cook. Fluid lower half. He's got great burst, maneuverability. Footwork is good. Um, the, the only thing is sometimes he, his vision isn't the best. I, I've seen him get stacked up a couple times when the hole's been there. Um, and, and a four, four, two. So James cook, man, I think people are discrediting him. And, and like, do you guys believe that it's in the genes a little bit? Like, do, do you believe that, that oh, at all? Because a thousand I mean, percent. Yes. Yes. Like, TJ That's Watt. why I love Thaddeus Moss. The so Watts, much, the Mannings, like, yes. <clears throat> right. I just, the I mean, Griffies. exclude Calvin Ridley's brother because he was trash, but Riley Ridley, uh, excuse mm. him. But like recently, like JJ Watt has been a beast. Like, I, I don't know. I, I do believe in genetics. I, I, I really do. But I realistically think that if Zamir White was not on this Georgia team, that James Cook would be, you know, a, an arguably second round NFL pick this year. Um, but you can get him, you know, second end of second rounds, rookie drafts, early third rounds. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have so much exposure to him in every draft I'm doing right now. So James Cook, pounding the table. Oh, uh, Brad Bolt, what about yeah, Derek like Watt? It. Don't forget the fullbacks. They're people too. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, you went on, you went on James Cook with me? Yeah. I mean, kind of like what you said, he was splitting time. He was mm-hmm. splitting time with Zamir White and Kenny McIntosh, and um, which is a very college thing to do. He's got room to he's got room to grow. 
And he's yeah. on the best team. Like he was on the best college football team. Like it yep. would be one thing if he was just on another college football team, but he was on the best. And like last year, no one was discrediting, you know, Michael Carter for, for what he was doing behind Javante. Some people tried to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, but I don't know. I think if he can land in Houston, I would love like Houston is somewhere I am circling. Uh, Eric, are you a Houston fan? I am unfortunately a Houston fan. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, don't be. A, that's not unfortunate. They're going to be better this I mean, year. Looking They're up now, yeah. Davis well, Mills, man, you got to be excited about Davis Mills. What, what What do you think about James Cook going down to, to H Town down there? How do you like that? Man, that would that would be fantastic, right? It would be the first time in recent memory that we didn't have someone that was either old or slow or old and slow <laughs> as our running back. So David Johnson, huge, huge upgrade. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's it for me on James Cook, guys. But, I mean, I, I will say this. It, I, I'm going to rise his ADP on underdog myself. I've been talking about some other – like there's other guys who are out there on UD right now who are just like gobbling him up. Um, but, yeah, James Cook, guys, get him in UD. Get him in your rookie drafts. Get him in redrafts, whatever it may be. I'm calling my shot with Houston, though. I hope he lands in Houston um, or somewhere like that. that. Um mm-hmm. So that's it. That's it from us. Um, Eric, thank you so much for your time, bro. It's been been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, it's it's, it's been a ton of fun um, uh, getting to to relive some of the, the stories from the Charity League and uh, really get put in some tough spots with these either-ors. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to lose some sleep over my uh, some, some of these calls that I made, so I, I might have to hit you with revisions. <laughs> absolutely absolutely no you're all good you're all good all all good there eric um jen nate any any final thoughts from you guys uh just that we all picked sleepers that started with the j for their first name i thought that was oh, oh hey yeah. we did mm-hmm. okay yep three okay. running backs track. and a tight end so no quarterbacks no wide receivers interesting mm-hmm. <clears throat> Uh, so J is the best on. letter of the alphabet. Is it, oh yes, shut up. That but. is true. That is true. <laughs> Jen what, Jackson, what, what, Nate. It doesn't start with the <laughs> <laughs> Is exactly what Jackson would say to you if he was here right now. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure, as always, on the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow Eric if you guys don't already. He's yes. at Fantasy Nab mm-hmm. on Twitter. You can follow him over at the Dr. Roto Fantasy team as well as going for two. Eric, pleasure. Guys, get involved with Pros and Joes. You can apply now, I believe, right, Eric? I think that's open already. Right now, yeah, proswithjoes.com. You can get in and get registered if you want to participate as a Joe. Uh, Nate, there's also a button there for you if you're a pro. Yeah. Our intake form <laughs> and we'll get the ball rolling. All right, Eric. Well, thank you so much for your time, man. Nate and Jen, always a pleasure from the Colorado couple, man. I'm Seth Wilcock. Uh, We'll be back here in two more weeks with another edition of the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. Keep it real, everyone, and keep it in between. Until next time. Your destination for both some feel-good lifestyle advice and some fantasy football advice. 